It is time for our case in point. Lauren Honickman joining me now. Guess where I'll be tomorrow, Lauren? Where? Jury duty at 361. Oh, that's hilarious. You should visit me. Oh, my God. You oh, and yeah. Joe and everyone else. Quickly. Oh, yeah. Did, would yeah. you pick me as a juror? No, are you <laughs> Really, Colin? No, no, I would no. be very expeditious. I would be like in and done. No, you want to know something? Here, here's the sad part. You would be a, a great, great juror. juror. I know. Um, but nobody's going to put you on. Yeah. Um, for lots of different reasons. But, uh, or I, I could be wrong, but. Uh, you, could I, you imagine? But, um, uh, you know, uh, it, you would be. You would do it judiciously. I don't think you would ever uh, not follow no. your oath or whatever. I actually do want to go through the process. I actually don't have an issue with doing my civic duty, and I wish more people were open to it because yeah. it's, a fa- it's a fascinating experience. Oh, yes. See, I'd love to do it too, but as yeah. a lawyer, I could never do it. So, But I think it's a great, it's, I think it's an honor. I, I know a lot of people, uh, their lives are, are changed in a lot of ways, and, and, and a lot of times not good ways. I no. understand that. Yeah. It's very, very difficult. Yeah. But I will put, here I go, I'm just putting a tiny bit of money here. <laughs> Alex Pearson will not <laughs> make it to a jury, but who knows. What does, uh, what's your profession? Uh, yeah. Well, I believe in the death penalty. No. Yeah, what do you do? I, I, oh, wait, I shouldn't yeah. joke. I can't yeah. joke. No, no one's allowed to joke. No, no. But whatever. It's, but it'll be inter- I hope you actually get to go through the process, though. Uh, well, uh, well yeah, I, I hope so, too. But, yeah, no, well, we, if we, they we, want to cut me loose right. at 9 o'clock in the morning, that would be terrific, too. But I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Um, okay, let's talk yeah. a little bit about uh, Honey and Barry Sherman, because yeah. as uh, you listened last week uh, with the rest of us, the family has uh, put up a $10 million reward in, I guess, really an attempt to kind of light fire and get tips going. Where are you on this? You don't well, like this? I, I First of all, that when I saw that, you say the case has dried up on both investigations. That's what that means to me. Um, and it was interesting that Brian Greenspan went through all of what he feels of how the police fell below a standard with respect to their investigation. And, you know, it was hit, when I was listening to him, I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, the family's going to come out and say we are now suing the police. I thought he was setting up all of the reasons as to why the police, uh, the family would now sue the police. But he then says a $10 million reward, and it's, it's a Hail Mary, as they say. It's desperation. I would like somebody to tell me and point to me the last time any, any reward um, has ever resulted in uh, people coming forward that didn't come forward before. Yeah. Now, now I feel, but I f- you got to feel for that family. Oh you know, I know because God. they're billionaires, people will feel less sorry for them, but they've got the means. I don't begrudge them that. And I would do anything well, to solve right. that. And, I, and a lot of people look at it. And I know people have talked about the fact that, you know, uh, most people, 99.9% of the population or, or families that have been hit like this would never be able to afford something like that, etc. But I, but I think, uh, truth be told, I, I don't know whether it's $10,000 or $10 million, um, whether or not people who are now sitting on very important information, very important information, will all of a sudden come forward. And it's, it's, it's when I see that, I say, that's desperation. And you have those investigators uh, that are working, the, that the family hired, all very experienced investigators. I, uh, they looked really uncomfortable to me sitting there as Brian Greenspan was, was talking about why the Toronto police force fell below the standard. But you say to yourself, with all that they've done, with, with everything that's happened, right now, 
for the family to come out and say, we'll give $10 million reward, to me, the meta message behind that is the investigation has dried up. They are now at a dead end at both sides. And I think the one idea that I think is very good, I think this this somehow this private-public type of relationship between these private investigators and Toronto Police, I think that's really good. I would assume, for example, that anything that Brian Greenspan's investigators have found, they've turned it over to the police. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, I, I I would think that 100% that should should happen and, and is and hopefully is happening. Um, so... so You've got these investigations going together. Uh, hopefully they don't interfere in any way. But when I saw that, Alex, I said to myself, at that moment in time, the, the investigation is completely dry right now. And, and who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe taking it to that $10 million level, because normally you'll hear about a $50,000 reward or I, I think, you know, once I heard about a $100,000 reward. But I've never heard after that where somebody has come forward and said, oh, yeah, and that, that happened. Now, yeah, maybe some little rat will come forward and say, yeah, I want the money. People but, argue, you know, by the way, yeah. and say, well, wait a minute, Crime Stoppers has worked this way sure. for 35 years, and yeah. it's like it used to be $1,000 or something. $10 million will speak to a lot of yeah. people. Well, we'll see. We'll see if it works. Hopefully, listen, I'm like everybody out there uh, and say, hopefully it will yeah. give that nudge to somebody to come forward. Let's talk about the new Toronto courthouse, which I always had hoped would be built by the time I was, um, well, retired. Um, There is a new Toronto courthouse, which is under construction in downtown, and it's going to bring pretty much everything in-house, which is great. You'll have family court, you'll have like all criminal courts, you'll have all levels of courts in one place. You don't have to run around from court to court to court. However, a police memo that was leaked out uh, talked a little bit about uh, the concern of Toronto police about the gangs that will all of a sudden be in one facility. And here is how Mike McCormack, uh, Toronto Police Association, here's how he viewed it today. We're talking about putting... I hate the term super courthouse, but a a huge courthouse in in downtown Toronto where, you know, we're going to have all the uh, gang members, everybody attending, rival gangs. uh, They're going to know when they're going to be there. They're going to know when each other are going to be there. And it is a security risk, uh, risk to um, our members, to the public. And it's going to be really difficult uh, for us to police it. Okay, so look, I've covered a lot of gang trials. I remember at 361 University, they retrofitted and built a brand new courtroom to deal with gang murders and all the security that went with it. How do you feel about this? Well, I I understand exactly what Mike McCormick's talking about. I mean, look, all you have to do is is go to the courthouses in and around the city of Toronto, and and there's huge problems everywhere, and and the courthouses are, are so outdated, mm-hmm. um, and it's difficult, and uh, we, the space, it's important, but putting everything in one building, and when I heard that, mm-hmm. I understood when they were building that court, I didn't, I didn't understand at the time that every, uh, the Sixth Ontario Court of Justice and Youth Court, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be down there, yeah. um, and I understand what they're talking about, because you've got different factions from different areas of the city going to one place. Here's another thing you have to remember. One of the reasons why you have courthouse in separate areas, so let's say somebody gets arrested in the Jane Finch area, yep. 
They'll go to courts at Finch and and uh, and the 400 at 2201 or 1001. Finch. Which is punishment in itself we, enough because they're disgusting courts. I got to be honest. No, no, they're disgusting. Yeah. But they're within the you know police arrest. Sure. Uh, you got 31 division up there. Yep. They'll take them. Out. Now everybody's going to be transported downtown. downtown. Whether mm-hmm. you're coming from Scarborough, North York. Etobicoke, wherever you are, you're going that alone, just just bringing the people in and bringing them all to downtown. I I, I don't where are they gonna are they gonna have a special uh, a lane for police to you know like for the for these wagons to come that is well, well, I would assume it's all gonna be underground, which makes the walking shots almost impossible to get right right further. And, so, but know. I think that I think that the you know that's very very instructive that memo uh, that was published and and what that's going to mean from a security point of view. And not surprisingly, I, you know, uh, you've got the Ministry of the Attorney General spokesperson coming out and saying, well, we've, you know, we've had comprehensive input from the Toronto Police Service. Uh, we are confident, we're confident that, that Toronto Police will be able to do it. Well, you've heard Mike McCormick. I, I, you, Joe Newberger, when- everyone's saying the same thing. I love when bureaucrats make decisions based on something they never have to do or go to. It's right. awesome, you, you know? know? And, and think about it. You've got, you're going to have everybody in this one building. So I, I do understand. I, I understand the, the, the rationale for it. There's a lot of reasons why you say, oh, yeah, theoretically, that makes a lot of sense. It, it's to just put everything in one place makes sense. The buildings where this is taken, all the Ontario Court of Justice is now in Etobicoke, North York, Scarborough, old, old buildings run down, neat new buildings, but... At, at what cost? And when we're talking about security costs, I think we're going to have to hear more. Yeah. I think we're going to have to hear more from uh, from t- uh, the Toronto Police Service about their concerns and, and how this is going to go. But that building's being built. I just oh, walked I by it today on my way to court. And, and they're going, they say, what, 2022, it's all going to be ready? Well, that would be nice. That yeah. would be nice. Uh, I don't have a lot of time, and I'm not looking to relitigate the case, but it is a big decision coming out of Europe, and that is uh, a decision by the highest court on a case where a woman who was teaching a seminar had made a comment about the Prophet Muhammad being a pedophile, and she was saying it in the context between Muhammad because Muhammad had married a six-year-old girl. This ended up through the courts. She had been convicted on it, but they maintained her conviction and said that insulting the Prophet Muhammad, that's not covered by freedom of speech. And so when I hear that, I think, okay, how does this then affect everybody else around? Because once you get a court decision like this, it generally sets precedent, and we will start to see these decisions pop up in North America. Well, so and I'm going to be honest yeah. with you. The court, I it's called the European Court of Human Rights. <laughs> So, so do we look at that as a kangaroo court? Of our Human Rights Commission? Mm. I'm not sure, Alex, but I, it's not, I know it's not the High Court of England, but it's the European Court of Human Rights saying that insulting the Prophet Muhammad does not fall within freedom, it, it, and it's made this, this decision. And I think it's also, they had a decision uh, with respect to something that happened in Austria in 2009 um, for, for the same type of abuse. So it, it's interesting that these, it's called the Court of Human Rights. So I'm, I'm assuming that people there bring these types of claims. It sounds analogous to our Human Rights Commission. I'm not sure how uh, binding the, the decision is. However, obviously, people take the cases there to that court. And, um, 
and we, we talk about freedom of expression getting banged and hit um, all the time, and this this is another example. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll just shut up now because I don't know what else I can say. Uh, uh, but, Lauren, i gotta look, I got to leave it there. If you're yeah, down at... And, uh, and get a good night's sleep, you well, know, you, for tomorrow morning. Yes, I will, Your Honor. Stop <laughs> by and visit if you've got any bad guys you're looking after down there. Thank you, sir. Okay, talk to you soon. That is Lauren Honigman joining us today for this week's Case in Point. You're on point. I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.